0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your co-host, John Corgan. And that sound you don't hear, that's our other co-host, Benjamin Palladino. The reason you don't hear Benjamin is because he's not here. Benjamin is traveling, so he will not be joining us on this latest adventure, on this podcast, on this episode four, I believe it is. And when I asked Ben about his traveling, he said, well, I'm the type of guy who will never settle down. He said, where the pretty girls are, well, you know, that I'm going to be around. I kiss them and love them because to me, they're all the same. I hug them and I squeeze them and they don't even know my name. He said, they call me the Wanderer. Yeah, the Wanderer. I roam around and around and around. And yeah, that's exactly what Ben told me when I asked him if he'd be on for this interview. No, actually, Ben did tell me he is traveling and that he hates it that he can't be on this podcast. and He hopes we don't lose one of our two fans, but. If we do, it's something he had to do. He he actually did have to travel, and he actually won't be on this one. But the interview, the interview is nonetheless a good one. We are interviewing Miss Melissa Hines. She is a school psychologist. She has worked with children for what seems like her whole adult life. And um, she definitely is passionate about children. She's written a children's book and um, her and her husband are in the middle of raising their own child right now. And it was, it was really a joy talking to her. I wanted to, I really wanted to get, get into it with her concerning imagination. uh, The importance of imagination in children and in adults. Um, what it does, how it can be cultivated, but the interview took, it took a turn, and um, I got homework from this interview, so I'll, I'll be doing some some stuff this week that I didn't know I'd be doing before, but uh, I think you're going to really enjoy it. I, I hope you really enjoy it, and if you don't, you know, maybe just listen anyways. All right, thanks a lot, and um, like I said, enjoy. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm John and I, I worked with, uh, just introducing myself, not like just jumping right in there. Uh, and I worked with Brian when he was at Gulfstream. So I know of you, but I don't know you. So, and what I want to do is give you a chance if you want to, to just like introduce yourself. Like I said, to my two fans or me and Ben's two fans. And since Ben's not on this one, one of them is probably already gone by now while they're listening to this. But uh, maybe you can just let everyone know um, what you're doing, you know what you've been doing. and because uh, I could sit here and, and talk about it, but I get it wrong. Uh, you know so I'd, I think it's best if you do that. Is that all right? Is that Oh,
1: absolutely. Oh no, that's okay, fine. Awesome. So um, I'm Melissa Holmes. I've been a school psychologist for oh, almost 20 years now. Uh, started out in Ohio, uh, then down in the Atlanta area, uh, then Savannah, uh, then Texas, and then now uh, we're heading back to the Atlanta area. Um, so I've been working with kids since even before that. Um, I nannied for part time for a girl from when she was four and a half until she was about seven. And worked with before school childcare, worked at Disney Store, worked with after school childcare, worked in daycares while I was putting myself through college. Um, So lots and lots of work with kids. Um, Came up with some stories while I was driving Grace, who's the girl I used to nanny, um, about 40 minutes from her Cleveland preschool to her suburb household and started telling her about twin fairies named Leah and Rhea and she just ate it up and loved it and then many years later when she was graduating high school she remembered them and she she's an artist she um, is now with the youth program at the Chicago Museum of Contemporary Art Um, but when she was in graduated high school she did a watercolor of Leah and Rhea that I still have on my wall now because she remembered them from when she was little and inspired me to write the book um, that I self-published. And um, so Leah and Rhea Spell came out and I self-published in 2018. Um, but all through that, I've, I've been working with kids in mostly elementary school, sometimes middle school. High schools, to me, are a different animal. Um <laughs> High schoolers, I just I kind of they they intimidate me a little. Um, But I've been working with preschoolers, elementary schoolers, middle schoolers, um, doing a lot of things with um, dressing up in costume for Dr. Seuss Read Across America Day, uh, doing uh, dressing up like a cow and doing Click Clack Moon, just anything to kind of get the kids interested in reading and get their imaginations going. Um, while I was working in schools and also after school programs. And I volunteered with um, Deep when I was in Savannah. And um, that's a young authors' project. And so they go to middle schools and work with kids on writing. And we have different prompts that we did every week. And um, they could review. We,
0: Hello.
1: Hey, well, I don't know how much of that you got.
0: I got, it... yeah, we got disconnected right when you were talking about your time with Deep. Oh, okay. Together. Yep.
1: I don't know if that's my end. I'm sorry if it is.
0: It's all right. Yeah. I'm not sure either. I'm not sure which end it is.
1: Um, so Deep, the Young Authors Project. Um. So I'm not sure what all you heard about that, but they, they got to write, the middle schoolers got to write and develop pieces. And then at the end, they got to choose one piece to be published. So they got to be published authors in middle school and they each um, little group would choose their top three, two or three, and then they would be sent to um, actually speak out and read aloud at a, um, a deep uh, event and they could read the go up on stage and read their pieces out loud
0: so now was the deep of, your work with deep is that that's a program that's uh it's for for young people and is it it's to like creative creatively engage them and is it does it deal with um like racism and things like that too or is that am I wrong am I thinking of the wrong Oh, no. Well, they,
1: they have a lot of community outreach kinds of things as well. Um, what I worked with was the, the Young Authors Project. So the oh, actual, okay. uh, when I volunteered, it was it was the author part. But they do have yeah. outreach to the
0: community and they do have
1: uh, social justice things and racial wow. things. So this and, is just
0: another arm of their, uh, their work, this uh, very, laureate program.
1: Yeah, they've expanded. When I started out with them, it was, I think they were focused more on the Young Author Project, and then they started expanding more and doing more in the communities as well.
0: Uh, That happens, I think, when you start dealing with kids, because you realize, um, I think I I work sometimes now in a, uh, in this, I work in the school system. I'm, I'm sometimes on site at the schools. I just work in support. I'm not really I'm helping the kids indirectly by making sure all their computers work, making sure their network works better than mine here at the house. But uh, the I noticed there was a poster that said, uh, "When when a it talked about when a kid doesn't have a pencil, your you know your your first reaction is they weren't prepared, but they made it to school and you don't know what happened before they got to school, like that type of story. Of course, it was more articulate than the way I'm making it sound, but it I think when you start helping kids in one area, you realize that there's more to them than just that part. And, and you're going to, you're going to end up helping them a lot more than you ever thought you would. Is that, is that incorrect or is that a good.
1: Oh, uh, that That's yeah, that's pretty <laughs> accurate for most kids. I mean, if you can understand and have an open mind, um, you can definitely impact them a, a lot more. Yeah. Um,
0: Hopefully in a good way. That's what I hope. I hope <laughs> I do I, whenever I do that. Cause I know, I also did some, uh, not, not that I'm, I'm great or anything like that, but I did some volunteering. I noticed you've done a lot of volunteering. Mine was mostly sports, coaching teams and things like that. But I also became, you know, a quote-unquote bus driver and um, kind of a tutor for some of the kids that were having trouble with grades just because I spent so much time with them being on the team's and I could see where they were struggling and needed a little bit of help. And you can't just not help. I don't think. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
1: most people, yeah, that's true. I, um, I also worked on and volunteered for the Peels project. Um, Mm -hmm. the father of grace, the girl that I nannied was one of the founders of the Peels project, pediatrician enhanced early learning study. And they go into hospitals of, um, low SES, high needs, and have volunteers that will sign up for shifts to read to the kids in the waiting rooms, and they also provide the doctors with books for each of the well child checkups up until, I can't remember if it's age two or age three, so that every child that goes in there gets at least those books, and they kind of talk to the parents about reading and the importance of reading. Um, so yeah, there's you, you can impact people in a lot of ways that you never even thought you could do um, just by reaching out and kind of sharing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I can totally see that, and I was, and uh, that's awesome work. And I know um, when you were when you were writing the book that you you did the Leia Rea spell, the book. The um, did you use Kickstarter to help fund that project?
1: Um, I I attempted to, but okay. it was not successful.
0: So <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah,
1: so it wasn't funded. So it
0: didn't. Well, I know um, if like on the first podcast I did, my my friend Ben, who's my co-host, who's not here with me, he uh he used Kickstarter. It took him three times to get it right on his on his project so you're i you are not alone and he said that's yeah. common that's right a, that's now. a and he he talked about some of the things he'd do differently and uh once he i'm not gonna say like cracked the code but he was successful with with one of his um well two of them now two two or three i should remember this well i mean we just talked the other day today as a matter of fact we didn't talk about this though but i think it was three he's had three successful campaigns but he said there's a lot of elements to it that he would have done. Well, he did do differently the second and third time for the first one. It took three times to get that first campaign right, though, for him. Mm-hmm. His was a... Um, so did you just... So you you do the Kickstarter for funding, so you just uh, found other ways of getting the funding for self-publishing. Yeah, that yeah.
1: was basically it. I, think, I saved up more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. Like, I, I watched the episode of Shark Tank where there was a woman who, um, man, I can't, I, I haven't watched many episodes of it, uh, but the one episode I did watch, I, it still resonates with me. Not enough to remember what she was selling, but her story about how she got seed money for her first um, prototype was was pretty inspiring because her, I think her husband ran a junkyard and she collected scrap metal or something like that. And I just thought that was that showed the, um, the will and it also showed some imagination. That's, as a matter of fact, that's part of the reason I, I wanted to talk to you. Well, obviously, I wanted to talk to you because of, you know, your experience with children. But I wanted to get at uh, the importance of imagination because I have your book. Uh, I like it so far. It's a, it's a, it's a fun story. I'm not, I'm, and I'm not a big fairy fan myself, uh, but I, 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 love that it's, and I, and I haven't been able to get as far as I wanted to in the book, but uh, I love that it's, it's got elements of family and mystery. There's like a little bit of a mystery going on there with who cast the spell. As you can tell, I'm not very far into the book. Uh, why the spell was cast. They, I, they have a, like a time limit, too. So there's a there's some conflict going on there um, and their and their sisters. So there's a whole family element, too. I don't want to give away. I don't want to spoil for anyone that wants to read it. But but it took a lot of imagination, I think, to to create those stories. And uh, I know it's like um, imagination is more important and powerful than I think we give it credit to be. And I know, I'm I'm thinking, I'm assuming you know more about this than I I do, but in young children, is it right that uh, imagination is key to healthy learning habits and just uh, stronger relationships? Is that that correct or no? Uh,
1: Imagination is part of creative play, and creative play is integral to um, social skills, to uh, problem solving, thought processes, to uh, battling boredom. I don't think people let their kids feel bored enough for them to actually have to figure out something to do um as much as they used to when i was young as i used to tell the kids when dinosaurs roamed the earth and i was Mm -hmm. young before Um, youtube
0: before tiktok youtube (laughs) before facebook even oh yeah
1: i was there the first when mtv first came out so yes i was young but i was there when mtv first came out so uh, but yeah so the imaginative Imaginative or creative play is really important for all kinds of aspects. So your intelligence, the way that you learn, the way that you problem solve, the way you interact with other people by, by thinking and playing and role playing, um, you can see so many different possibilities and, well, that one didn't turn out the way I wanted, or, you know, it could go this way and maybe that would be better, um, so it's, it is, it's very important for children and adults, but to get in the habit and to get those neurons firing into problem-solving modes and social interaction modes, um, because as you know, as you get older, the neurons that aren't used get pruned away. Um, that's
0: right. Yeah, that's so true. something <laughs> that... Um, I can speak as a person who's lost his keys many times. Those those paths do go away. That is true. Um, is it so? I know you say that uh, it's important for creative play. So that's uh, like make believe and pretend, mm-hmm. and it, it helps with. Does it Does it help with uh, empathy as well? Because I would imagine I could pretend that I am someone that I'm not, and maybe now. If I meet someone that I'm not, I'll be more empathetic. To, to maybe their situation is that is that accurate
1: that can definitely help for sure that's part of the social skills too seeing it from the other person's viewpoint like if they're not sharing well I don't mm-hmm. like it when people don't share with me <laughs> or you know if if they said something mean I don't like it when somebody you know somebody says me something mean to me maybe I shouldn't say something mean to someone else um, mm-hmm. so the same kinds of things can go with that as well
0: wearing those other moccasins putting yourself in another person's shoes there yes and and i think if we do it as children if, and i'm and i'm not sure so i imagine that is that a tool in your uh toolkit while you're uh, doing your psychology at the schools is that something you use
1: um i I use it somewhat. My job, unfortunately, has been pared down a lot um, mm. to academic concerns and, and emotional behavior concerns that have already gotten past the first few steps, and now we need to do an evaluation to see if special education is needed and, you know, how
0: things... Oh, so, so when you're called in, it's, it's, uh, it's a different different time, a different phase. The... But
1: we are trying to get back into... The preventative measures, and so when I was able to do that more, yes, I would do. Um, I helped guidance counselors with um, a you know fifth grade girls group working with social skills and working with anti-bullying and mm-hmm. um, how do you handle things if you get left out and you know role playing and things like that and. Um, did things with mindfulness I've been really big on mindfulness I took a mindful schools course and there's a curriculum I take some programs from there and then just some other activities for mindfulness for kids so that you know when they start to get anxious, um, especially if they're worried about interactions or they're worried about how they're going to play in a game or how, what their grade is going to be and things like that, to try and catch themselves before they get into that downward slide of now I'm either going to implode or explode Um so trying to be more in the moment, clear your mind from the worries, and then you can be open to imagination or problem solving or mm-hmm. you know, seeing a clearer path to a more positive outcome.
0: I'm like, so for children, we call it uh, creativity. The imagination sparks the creativity and they engage in creative play. I think adults use the, use the term uh, innovation. I hear that thrown around a lot, but I think that's just creativity as adults, it's just a more refined word for it, I guess, if there is such a thing. Adults,
1: uh, adults like to adult, to yeah. their words. I, I guess. It
0: sound, I don't know if innovation sounds better than creativity, <laughs> to be honest with you, myself. But I, I wonder, is there a push to get um, I, imagination added to more curriculum? I don't know why you know this, but have you? Is that something you heard about, or because I can see that being that. If it's not, it probably should be part of every teacher's toolkit is to, is to use um, their imaginations to engage the kids and make them more creative, because I think that helps the learning, of course. Is that something you've seen or noticed or, or no?
1: Um, well, my, my daughter's in preschool, and I've noticed that a lot of the preschools are doing more of that, and like Montessori preschools, or there's like farm schools that are based on outdoor creative play and things like that. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the American public schools are really getting their hands tied by, and I know I should not get into politics ever, but really getting their hands tied by all the uh, the testing, uh, state mm-hmm. testing that has to be done.
0: And, and I don't so, know if that's political as much as it is just every teacher's assessment everywhere in the United States. So
1: we're losing a lot of good teachers. Um, we're losing a lot of good school staff. Uh, from all the pressures and, and all of the class sizes rising and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And the kids are suffering. I mean, it's really the kids in the end that are suffering the most. Um, but, yeah, with a lot of the, the restrictions and, the, you know, the funding being cut all the time to the public right. schools, um, there's the, more and more that, like, the arts are getting cut out of the schools. A lot of times music programs will be some of the first to get cut at times Um, and those are things that are really needed for expression and creativity and to help develop the whole person it's just um, it's really sad to see but there are a lot of great teachers out there who are working their best to put their creativity and into their lessons and to help the kids bring out their creativity in all these you know mandated things that have to be done throughout the year.
0: And I've seen these teachers in action, and I and I think to myself like this: they they go like, um, well, you're when you volunteer and dress up for for Dr. Seuss Week, and I see the teachers um, dress up for just a lesson plan where they're gonna go over a, a figure in history, and they dress up like that figure, and I think, you know, that my that I just tip my hat to those teachers because they're doing this as well as preparing these teach these students for the uh, the all-encompassing tests that are um, that are kind of being used maybe for like like you said i i probably shouldn't get political either but maybe those tests are being used for more than they should maybe maybe um you know funding and evaluation shouldn't be tied to just a test number i think that's that's probably a a narrow that's not a very uh creative or innovative way of thinking about education but uh, yeah, so those teachers who do that, that add imagination, that, that get the kids engaged through, through um, creative play and, and learn, learn uh, they're, they're, they're pretty awesome. You know, that's pretty great that they're doing that. And I, I don't know how to, how to encourage that or well, how, how could we uh, as parents? encourage those kind of teachers what do you know what we could do I know you're in the school system
1: a a lot of teachers really appreciate um just kind words um (laughs) just encouragement
0: no Um, that's see that's something that maybe you know no one's ever thought of just telling the teacher how you know how great they are and and if that would make a difference that's something real small that everyone Um, being polite doesn't cost a thing, so (laughs) that's something we can all do. I think. Yeah. People that have kids in school, like, hey, thank you for not being terrible with my child. You know. And And
1: we get to hear a lot of the parents who are having difficulties and struggling. So we get to hear a lot of of. The things that that people think are wrong, um, but we don't right. always get to hear when things are going well. So I know, um, just even me working in the schools when I I say even you know even the custodians. I'm like, thank you so much for working so hard to keep this school clean. Like you're doing a great job, and we need you. Um, and then the, just the, the smile that lights up their face because it's true. Like what would our school look like if we didn't have custodians? Oh, right? Yeah. It,
0: would, it would be um, a mess. <laughs> I have kids in the house. I know how that goes
1: cafeteria workers everyone but especially teachers because they're in you know they're in the trenches they're helping shape and mold our kids i mean they see our kids more than we do most of the yeah. time um six, yeah, seven hours a day
0: you want your kids to, to grow up to be well-rounded well-adjusted great human beings because they pick out the nursing home for you so that's real important <laughs> they, they might even run the nurse and then the other kids will help run the nursing home when you're in there so it's real important the, the, and also you, you want the best for your children always. So uh, th- I think that's, that's a good, I'm, I'm going to keep that in mind. <laughs> Anytime I deal with, ch- with teachers and um, anyone that deals with children, it really is. It's a, it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of, I think like love for the kids. I really think that's the one profession you can't, I don't think you can fake it either. I've like, I've, my kids, have. Uh, they're almost all grown up now, so they're all out of school and in college, except for two. We're at two still in high school. But I've, I've seen teachers, I've seen younger teachers kind of realize it wasn't for them and, and quit. And I've seen older teachers not want to retire till they just couldn't walk anymore coming to school. And, and, and even in that physical state, they still had that class you know engaged that the kids want to know what was going to happen uh in world war ii you know something as, as uh they they were able to do that and i think that takes love for those kids i think that really does the, and i the imagine biggest... being psychologists the same way i don't think that's like
1: well we we don't get to work with the the kids as as long term as um but engaging is, is important and relationship building. And that's where I think the teachers who really shine are the ones who do build those relationships. And they really, they listen to their kids and they, it, the kids know that they're being heard. And, uh, you know, they can just build that connection together.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think it carries over. I was real lucky. I had great parents and went to, I, I grew up in, in Cleveland cleveland ohio so i'm a product of the cleveland school system <laughs> but uh, but i i really and i know um, i'm also a product of uh the there was a busing that went on because cleveland was a segregated city i know you say you've spent some time there and the west side and the east side were were segregated and i went to high i went to middle school and part of high school on the east side of cleveland and i think and I had great teachers, I, I have no complaints for my teachers, and going to the east side, which is just uh, 35 minutes away from my home on a bus, but it made all the world of difference, because it was a different part of town that I didn't grow up in, I didn't spend much time in, I was on the west side in downtown, that was it, but I met a lot of good friends, people that I still talk to today, because of uh, school, and I like to think I'm almost well adjusted, I'm not but uh, and I'm I'm contributing as much as I can to society. I'll be contributing more April 14th through taxes. But um, no, I'm I'm very grateful for those teachers. And I'm grateful for the teachers that have that have uh, worked with my children. Um, yeah, it's it, I, I I guess I don't say I don't tell them as as much as I should. I probably should tell them more often that I'm, that I'm appreciative of them. Now, is there anything we can do? as as parents or community members uh anything else is there should we attend board school board meetings or i know those are open to the public and if we do what should we bring up i'm i'm just asking this is your chance to tell us hello Meetings yeah, um, yeah and, great so you heard everything yeah, i said yeah
1: i could hear you and i was i was trying to say hey i grew up in ashtabula ohio so it was east oh. of cleveland so much smaller but uh similar demographics as, as cleveland but not segregated because we were so small so yeah. yes i i was i was popping in and i'm like wait a minute i don't think you can hear me <laughs> no
0: um, i yeah i'm sorry about that no but no it, it's i'm gonna have to smaller. use my imagination to put this put this podcast together, but I, I can do it. I, I know I can. I don't Sorry. need ben. I don't need Ben's help at all. Yeah. Um, we but, probably yeah. lost
1: your two fans because you kept losing me. Sorry. Yeah.
0: Oh no, it's not live, so I can I can edit oh, okay. it. It's
1: no big oh, deal. Good. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so yeah, so with school boards, it's always good to be involved for sure in school boards. And a lot of times again what they hear in school boards are all the negatives. Um, I know in Texas There was a lot of things about books and how they should be banning books and people, school board or not school boards, but um, people were holding COVID money because they had books that, you know, the people didn't feel should be in the libraries even. Um, So all of that, I I feel like personally that overshadows so many school board meetings and there's Mm -hmm. angry shouting people that again, um, you know, some some kind words, some support for the teachers. I feel like a lot of teachers, especially in the last two years with COVID and having to go virtual and a lot of people oh. were thinking like, oh, it's so easy because they don't even have to <laughs> go into work. And it was yeah. even harder because they had to redo their lessons and figure out how to engage the kids that were only on monitors now. And how right. do you. Yeah,
0: anything yeah, harder, actually.
1: Yes, yes. they It threw complete curveballs. Um, And a lot of people just don't understand that because they're also, of course, stressed out because of COVID and now their kids are home and they're trying to work from home and help their kids go to school. And it's understandable on all aspects, but especially now that the kids are coming back to school, I feel like the teachers, a lot of them don't feel like they're getting support, um, that there's still a lot of, well, you're not doing this and you're not doing that, but they're doing so many things. So a lot of the support of things like, um, I mean, some of the teachers aren't even getting their breaks because they're having to cover other teachers' classes during their breaks or their lunches or... Um,
0: yeah, that's happening more than I think everyone realizes because of uh, there there is a, a shortage of, of teachers that can actually come in and teach right now. And I don't think everyone knows that. I know I didn't know it until, like I said, I started working with the school system and I, I realized... Um that there there were teachers that were doing that they were covering two or three classes and and um I think math teachers are a big shortage in Georgia right now, and math is one of those subjects that's real hard to get it feels like it's real hard to get kids interested into
1: yeah, a lot of them, um, especially when you get into you know, algebra and
0: mm-hmm. all of yeah, that. I, the um, imaginary numbers are, are that's that's not the same kind of creative play right there, but they're, they're real hard to engage them in. Um, but, yeah, so if, so what I'm hearing is maybe uh, the, those uh, parents or community members that are, are happy with the, the school board and the teacher should should go to the meetings and let them know that they're they're happy with what they've done. And to keep up the good work. Maybe that would go a long way too, just to be active in that way, in that manner. Is that right?
1: Yeah. And if there's concerns, which I can see more and more happening with class sizes um, and just trying to help with funding, and not that the school boards can do. As much about funding as we would like them to do, mm-hmm. but you know, if going to different legislative groups or when there's different people they can vote for, parents can vote for lots of people. That's um, right. we and can.
0: That's a so those that are thing. supportive
1: of funding the schools so that we can get more teachers and we can lower class sizes and get more help because it, it is a profession that, like I said, we're losing a lot of good people because. It's very underfunded and it's um, just more and more pressures put on every year and the class sizes get bigger. And there are a lot of people are like, I'm there. A lot of the ones that I know are coming in at seven in the morning and not leaving until five or six at night. And then they're still taking things home at night and weekends. Um, and I think there's also a misconception that teachers, oh, you get all summer off oh, and yeah. all these weeks of Thanksgiving and Christmas. But a lot of the teachers are doing professional development in the summer. They're setting up their classrooms when they're not getting paid because they don't really have the time pre planning because they're busy getting all the things ready for the kids and getting to know the kids. And um, then, you know, over breaks, I, right now, I have a break because I'm working in Georgia, Um, but I have three reports that I'm going to be writing from home because there's a shortage of school psychologists as well. So we Mm. are taking things home and we're staying late and we're doing things on weekends. And I don't know that that people understand that. Um, And we're getting paid a lot less than we would get in the corporate world. So that money isn't everything. But when you have the money and then the class size and then the pressure's from the state testing and then people who aren't understanding. And so they're being, you know, some maybe looking at things like the books that are in the schools that maybe they feel shouldn't be in the schools or, you know, you forgot this, but meanwhile they're covering two or three classes. So you know, they're human. They might have forgotten to send something home with the kid and so then people get angry and it's just a lot on um, our teachers.
0: And I think, like, uh, and like you said, uh, yeah, it's um, important to remember while that empathy is, is something, a skill that should never go away, it should never go out of style. So I think we need to be empathetic towards the people that are a partner with us in raising our children. I think we need to to empathize with them and and help them in any way we can. And if we do have a problem with something that happened, maybe when we do address whoever it is, if it's the board or the, or the teacher, that we do it uh, in an empathetic way and a way that uh, with a, with a solution as well, not just a, Hey, you made these mistakes. Cause I, I think the, the teacher or whoever probably already knows they made those mistakes. They probably already feel not so great about them. How can we help them to make sure they don't happen again? And maybe it's just asking them why they made those mistakes. And maybe they'd tell you, well, I'm overworked. And and then if you know people or you yourself can help through volunteering, you know, what are you overworked with? Is there anything I can help you with? I think that might, that might go a long way. Is that, I, and yeah. it, would teachers or psychologists would that be something they they want or is that or is that a no? They, well, I, there's,
1: there's always things that um, you know just at our schools where we have um, you know we just had English to speakers of other language or multi language learners. We had an after school program um, to welcome the people and let them know um what resources were in our county and what resources were in the school. And then there's also um plays, you know, the schools are putting on plays and there's a lot of things that they do like after school for the school that we would love to have parent involvement, parent help, which is would you you take tickets at the door, you know, (laughs) would you Would you stand behind this booth and hand out some pamphlets about, you know, this program in the community, or uh, be a smiling face um, at the water station? You know, you don't even have have any expertise in any area; just helpful. That works for me
0: because I'm not I'm not an expert in any area, but I can I have two hands and I'm always there. I always want to be helpful. You know, I always hope hope that I can be helpful. And I think that's another thing before. Maybe as a mental, as a mental exercise for, for myself and anyone else. And this is with any, any profession, anywhere. Before you go in there, just um, knives out, ready to just do damage. Maybe, you know, why did this happen the way it happened? And can I help this person so it doesn't happen for them again that way? You know, because we all need each other. The, there's the toxic uh, myth of uh, a self-made successful person and and no one is that way it it takes a whole community to get to be successful at at something somewhere and it's a lot of the um there was a book written i can't remember the the author's name but it was about the the invisible people just uh, all the behind the scenes work that happens for for everything and i think that it's And I I didn't expect the conversation to take this turn, but it it did because, and my train is not too far off the track, but we we need our our kids to grow up to be well-adjusted adults, to be contributors to society, to be people that will volunteer to help. And to do that, we ourselves have to volunteer to help, and we ourselves have to to treat everyone the way we want to be treated that that's where I went with my train of thought sorry for derailing it but oh,
1: no no, that's that's perfect and if we want to uh, tie the creativity and imagination in with that as well I mean I know a lot of parents have a lot of things on their plates too I mean I'm a parent too mm-hmm. um you know that just taking a, a a two hour block or, you know, rearranging something in some time, or maybe your child is in the play, so You're already going to be at the play both nights. So maybe one of the nights you can volunteer. So, you know, just kind right. of be a little creative with your time and, and your energy. Um, but yes, most, most people want to partner and team up, um,
0: It's okay, well, yeah.
1: Kind of crackling.
0: yeah, you're back. I'm sorry. And oh,
1: that's okay. I just heard a bunch it's... of crackling. So I was like, let me stay on here just in
0: case. Perfect. So I didn't lose you that time. But so what, what I'm hearing is that there's nothing wrong with, with offering help and solutions and, and, and encouraging words.
1: Yes those are very welcome for sure. Um, and also I have to say most, and not me personally, but most of the teachers I know would not sneeze at like a $5 Starbucks gift card once in a while.
0: Awesome. These are all, and these are all, honestly, these are all very doable things. Like my um, friends of mine would, would, they used to make fun of me because I always tried to, to write Christmas cards out to family and friends. And, um, whose addresses I try to keep and they're like, what, you know, but, but I've had people come up to me years later and say, Hey, thank you for that Christmas card. That was, that was really nice. You know what I mean? So, Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, and I know it's,
0: it takes small it's it, it. And what happens is that you'll, and, and I'm, you'll, you'll help with the small things first and then you'll want to get more involved and you'll do the bigger things. You really will. You know, like you said, th- this year you might just take tickets next year. You, you may, you may um, be directing the play at the school, who knows, you know, or you might be fine taking tickets and, and that's, that's great too, because somebody has to do it.
1: Right. And if you're the one with the smile at the door, then that's amazing too.
0: (laughs) So thank you for your, thank you for your time. I think that's a good spot to leave at is that uh, we should always, and like I said, I could talk for hours. I'm going to try not to. Usually Ben pulls me back, so I'm sorry again, like him not being here. But yeah, we we need to to always use our imaginations, always be creative, always encourage our kids to do that, and then support our our teachers and our psychologists and the admins and the custodians and the people that are that are really wanting. I, I, like I, I genuinely believe, any teacher or any any person involved in the school system who's been doing it for more than five years, they're, they're, they're all in, they're invested. They love those kids. They're not doing it because they're going to get rich, <laughs> but uh, they're doing it because, you know, they, they know they're making a difference. And I think that, it, it, so for those people, just a little bit of help goes a real long way and and we're going to have awesome kids that become great adults because of these people and ourselves. And uh yeah.
1: Yeah, and like you said, the the parents that are um, able to lead by doing um, Mm -hmm. are 10 steps ahead. Um, You know, there are people who are working multiple jobs and just trying to, you know, get food on the table and keep a roof over their heads. And that's, you know, that's where we can step in and help them. But the kids, you know, the people who might have a little time here or there, that's where we can, you know.
0: I know what I feel like i I did a um, me and Ben interviewed someone who was uh, who was on the city council for a small town in in Glenville georgia and that and now I've, I've got um a t- and i I told someone I need to attend a school board meeting anyways because a lot of decisions are made there too and it's it's interesting to see their thought process behind it so now I definitely have to attend a a city council meeting and at least one school board meeting. And what I'm hearing is when it's open agenda time, I need to just tell them how impressed I am with with them and their teachers. So I've got my homework to do. And uh, yeah, again, just thank you again for your time. All right, hello?
1: Are you still there?
0: I am, yep, I'm here. Okay,
1: Okay. well, I was gonna throw in one more story um, because it it was really hard when I was, in grad school, but also, uh, or in, um, undergrad and, um, babysitting the, uh, pediatrician, the the father was reviewing, um, possible adoptive babies from orphanages from foreign countries. And there were some really heartbreaking footage because a lot of the orphanages, they just didn't have enough staff to interact with the babies so they were nine months old maybe a year old and just kind of sitting and the toys would be in front of them and they'd have no idea what to do with it uh, because they didn't have interaction they didn't have play they didn't have people talking to them and sparking their imagination and creativity and their interpersonal skills so you could tell the ones that really were quote unquote favorites and got held and cuddled and talked to because they would play uh, and they look at the camera and they'd smile and then the other little babies were just, oh, it was so sad. So it's just really important, interact as much as you can with your kids, um, other people's kids appropriately. Um,
0: Yes, of course, yeah.
1: (laughs) uh, You know, just that interaction, that creativity, that imagination, it, it means so much to development.
0: That's awesome. And it's all, it's all about just connecting. And then when they get older, they'll connect as well. It'll be a, a legacy type of thing almost.
1: Yes. Yeah. So thanks awesome. for letting me uh, slide that story in there.
0: Yes. Thanks for the story. I really appreciate it. Thanks for, for suffering through the, the technical difficulties. And um, like I said, I'm going to cut this and clean it up and I'll, and hopefully get it ready for Wednesday, man. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to creatively tell Ben that uh, no, I'm, I'm fine. I understand how that happens, but yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you very much. And sorry about the technical difficulties.
0: Oh no. Yeah. No worries. And, and I All think, right. I think it's going to be great. I, I have a good feeling about this one. I think it's going to be the best one because Ben's not on it. So I think it's, <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I kid. I but yeah, thank you again. And I appreciate it a lot. And I'll let you go. Cause like, like you said, so you're, I know you have the six year old or five year old at the house or uh, four and a half. Oh, four and a half. Yeah. yeah. You definitely, yeah. You're, you're always busy. And so, well, good <laughs> luck. She
1: and... is super creative. She yeah, is, awesome. um, she is outlet one minute. She's um, Isabella from Encanto the next minute. She yes. is, you know, she's that's just
0: great. See, that's yeah. awesome. I love that. My, my niece, Um, she's seven and she'll, uh, she'll facetime me or well she uses messenger she'll use her mom's phone and uh she'll she'll play dress up with all the disney costumes and and talk like she is that uh that princess i think that's the funniest thing so and i just all all i have to do is listen so it's real easy so (laughs) she'll do it while i'm cooking or while i'm driving driving of course it's hands-free you know on my dashboard while i'm driving from work or it's (laughs) just And my wife makes fun of me a little bit, but I I think it's great that she, cause she went, she's really come out of her shell. And since, you know, as she's grown up and I think I would never want to stop her from doing that, you know?
1: Oh, That's amazing. It's always good to, again, you're you're putting yourself in someone else's shoes, whether it's a Disney princess. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I
0: think, I think, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's great. So, All right. Thank you again. I'm going to let you, I promise I'm going to let you go this time.
1: (laughs) All right. Thank you. You take care.
0: Okay. You too. Bye. Bye. Hello, and thanks for listening. That was my interview, my solo interview with Melissa Helms. Um, Like I said, it took a little bit of a turn, and um, I know I usually don't do this. There's no after the interview, but this is my first solo interview as well. And um, I wanted to break tradition, the uh, three-episode tradition that we have going on this fourth episode. And I wanted to talk about what she said. And I wanted to challenge my two listeners today. If, uh, if you're hearing this, if you're still, if you're still on... I would love if you would go to your local school board meeting, not with any complaints, whatever they have it. If it's weekly, if it's monthly, just go to the meeting and let the board know what a great job the teachers in your district are doing. And they are doing a great job, no matter what we think. The the kids out there are great kids. On the whole, they're wonderful children. And I think that the teachers really need to know just how good that they're doing one more thing and then i'll let you go if you're listening to this on spotify there is the option to leave a voice message on spotify or anchor you can leave me a voice message and i promise you if you leave me the message and you tell me what city state and county you live in I will do everything in my power to make sure that the school teachers and the school board gets that message. It has to be something positive. It has to to be something uplifting, but I'll make sure they get it. And um, on tomorrow's blog, I plan on speaking a lot about this, about showing our appreciation. And I'm also offering uh, any comments that are written on tomorrow's blog post. I'll make sure those get to the proper school board. Okay. I think that we've all, I think I've spoken enough and I think you've listened enough. And and once again, big thank you to you, my two listeners. Please don't leave because Ben's not here. He'll be here next week. And um, we've we've got a great interview lined up for next week as well. Thank you and uh, God bless.